0: What is Beethoven doing now? Decomposing. Wait, how long has this guy been dead? He must be dust by now. That joke sucked. All right, magab, this... Andrew... All right, Andrew, I'm going to try to pronounce your last name. Let's see if I get it right.
1: Scambaddy. You got it.
0: Hell got yeah. It. How you doing, Andrew?
1: I, uh, you know, I hate to quote Gene Simmons so early in the show, but I'm deliriously happy.
0: You are a very powerful <laughs> and attractive man.
1: <laughs> yeah, we could talk about gymnasiums and all kinds of big words like that. <laughs> <laughs> big
0: words. Yeah, um... Yeah. Andrew, uh, for, for, for the people that live in under a rock in the kiss world, um, you make amazing, I mean, amazing, uh, w- would you call it documentaries?
1: Uh, I think they can be titled either that or the word that I use that has kind of keep me away, that kept me away from any type of legal ramifications is I just call them fan films. They're films made by the fans. For the fans, and there's a huge, 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 huge fan film community—not just for bands like Kiss, but for huge movies like Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all that stuff. So I call them fan films because uh, that seems to keep the lawyers away from my door.
0: Ah, okay. I better change my my uh, what is it? What did I call mine? I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> I put well, I put unauthorized documentary. Maybe that keeps them away. And it's re- how many do you have out? Is it three or two? Uh,
1: there's actually there's three and a half, and I'll explain why I say three and a half. There is uh, the greatest show on earth, which was the very first one that I did. That you know, we'll talk a little more about that later. Then after I did that, I did Kiss at Midnight, which was kind of my take on the TV special that Kiss should have aired in 1975, 1976. Then last Christmas, I kind of did a special edit where I took that unreleased japanese live album and i synced it to available tokyo footage so that's kind of the the half of a one because it's not really anything except concert footage and then there's one last time which is the most popular one that just came out this past may and uh, has over three hundred and fifty thousand views you can believe that
0: wow and uh this uh correct me if i'm wrong because my memory is kind (laughs) of shot did you have problems on uh youtube and then you moved it to Either VMO or Daily Motion, one of the two?
1: Well, what happened with The Greatest Show on Earth is what I wanted to do with that is I kind of wanted to bring a live two away from the record and into the visual medium. So I used a live two as my audio for, for, that, for that edit. And um, for a little while, YouTube let it happen. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, maybe six or eight <laughs> weeks later, YouTube took it down. I'm not really sure why they did it that way. I thought for sure they were going to pop me immediately. They didn't, and then they took it down later on. So at that point, it had almost 100,000 views because people couldn't believe what they were seeing. They were like, man, this is alive too, you know, brought to life, and people were freaking out over it. Uh, so YouTube took it down, and there were so many people asking about it that I knew that I had to find a different way how to get it to the fans to get them to see it because I don't sell any of these things. I'm not making DVDs. I know we, with this COVID thing now, we can't have – conventions or you know expos or anything like that so i'm never going to be at a table of your local horror convention or record show selling copies of these for 15 bucks a pop i I just won't be doing that so i needed a different way how to get this to the fans and make it kind of so they could just click and watch it so i did move to vimeo uh, for the greatest show on earth and i've had success with that i pay monthly to be a member of vimeo and uh so far so good
0: Right on. All right. Let me ask you, when they, when they did take it down on YouTube, did you delete the video from YouTube?
1: I did not. It is still there.
0: All right. Good. Because they did the same thing with my documentary. Now, remember, it's called Larger Than Life. Mm-hmm. And they blocked it. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I took it to, oh, what's BitChute? That's uh-huh. where it's called. I put it over there. And then I made a video link saying, look, they... they uh, they they banned it so if you want to see it it's over here but then like as recent like maybe 3 4 mu- uh 3 4 months later mm-hmm. youtube put it back up and i got a comment from oh look it's back up i was like wow you know so i'm like well good thing i didn't delete it off my youtube you know so they, they never yeah, did that ahead. to me
1: i but, wish they would have because it, it like might... i said people were no one had ever done this before and that's the kind of thing that shocked me the most. Like I, I'm a nobody. I, I'm a banker. I, I've made my living very successfully as a mortgage banker. Been doing it for almost 12 years now, and um, I never, I never set out to be, you know, the YouTube guy or the podcast guy. I never set out to do that. So for me, this was just my bowling. It. This was just fun that I wanted to do. So when I decided to do it, you know, an idiot from New Jersey. I was like, "How did nobody else ever want to do something with this before?" The technology has been available for at least fifteen years for people to edit in their homes and do things like this, but nobody ever did it, and I never, I never understood why. Uh, so I just decided to do it, and, and and I'll tell you, when I first started doing this, the first project, the first greatest show on earth, I started doing that in 2017, and I was just thankful that I was able to do something because, first of all. When I started doing it, I'm like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to do this. And then once I did it, I was like, man, is it going to be any good? <laughs> because, yeah. you know, I was just I, I, I had never done anything like that before. I had edited a lot of videos and music videos and short films, but I never had done something where I was combining two or three different things and making it one cohesive vision. And uh, I, I spent a lot of time just going, man, I like this. But is anybody going to like it? Is anybody going to care? And uh, it took me a long time to decide, OK, well, maybe I'll let some people see this and see what they think.
0: I, I loved it because not only is it, um, you know, it's the it's, it's story of Kiss, but it's also your story mm-hmm. because it has footage of you as a young kid uh, with the Kiss albums and and hanging out with Gene and just and, and just the quality of it is jaw dropping. I mean, I recommend anybody that hasn't seen it, uh, Andrew, you're going to have to send me links because I'm going to add <laughs> links to this <laughs> no so problem. people can see this. I mean, I I have a fanatical Kiss following that, you know, look, I'll be honest, it drive me nuts. They do because, <laughs> you know, when I, when I combine other bands, they're like, we want more Kiss. Now, here's the deal. My channel is nothing but Kiss, but I would, like, put a video up once, maybe twice a month, now that I changed it where I add every band, what I do is I dedicate Wednesday to KISS. So you get even more Kiss content now than it was when it was just a Kiss channel. And people are still bitching. It's like you're <laughs> even getting more content. Um I'm telling you, man, there's there's KISS fans and then there's there's Kiss Tards, man. I'm and sorry. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's just people that just don't listen to anything else. I mean they make it so clear you know that you know all i do is listen to kiss now that's cool and all but don't bring don't don't stink up my channel for your fandom man because i'm still going to give you kiss once a week which is more than i did before you know what i'm saying and i yeah. love kiss don't get me wrong i'm a big kiss fan there's some i don't like there's some i like same, uh but same. <clears throat> the most you know i mostly like you know there's just like maybe two three albums i just don't like but is the rest one of the like, elder i love the elder you don't like that one
1: i it's one of those things where i think side two is stronger than side one and Uh it's like it's it's a it's a battle to get through that (laughs) album sometimes
0: yeah you know (laughs) the weird thing about me was i gave up on kiss in 1980 i'm an old dude i was into kiss in the 70s you know you couldn't escape them when you were a kid and you know my cover my my room was covered with kiss posters But by 1980, my my taste has shifted to Van Halen, new wave of British heavy metal. And then I just started getting into that. And, you know, I heard a little masse and I was like, forget it. I'm done with Kiss. And then I never heard The Elder till like 1984. And what happened was I got back into Kiss when my friend came by my house with a cassette of Creatures of the Night when it was new. And I said, no, you're not going to play that. Uh, Fuck Kiss. You know, I don't want to hear it, you know. No, no, you got to hear it. it was, oh, all right, put it on. Blew my mind. And thank God he did it, because soon after I saw the Creatures of the Night tour, and if it wasn't for my friend with your name, by the way, his name was Andrew as well, um, <clears throat> I wouldn't have went to the Creatures of the Night tour. But I ended up going because of the strength of that album. And then I just became full-blown Kiss again, because then Lick It Up came out, came out, and I was like, no, no, I love Kiss again. So in 1984, I, was, I, took, I used to take a bus that was like 90 minutes from my house to this import record shop across the street from the import record shop was just a regular mom and pop record store. And they had the elder there for a dollar. (laughs) And I figured, you know what? Fuck it. You know, let me buy it. I'll listen to it on the way home on the bus. And here's the weirdest thing. I put it on and you know, my, my impression of course was like, wow, this is strange. This ain't kiss. This is very odd. But by the time the cassette was over, I was like, man, I love it. I don't know why. <laughs> you know, it just, I became an instant fan of that album. I still am not the biggest fan of Odyssey. I'll be, tr- that's the only song I kind of don't like off it.
1: But I the think, rest I like. I think when I want to listen to Kiss, I kind of always imagine that I want to listen to Rock and Roll Over. And um, so I, I have the, the Rock and Roll Over because it's my favorite album. I got the Rock and Roll Over in my head, and then I. It, it took me a long time to even give The Elder a chance because you know as well as I do, Gene and Paul have nothing nice to say about that record. Nothing nice to say about it. And so for me, I I was a young kid. I mean, I was 11 years old when the reunion tour happened. So I had all of those years of the band bad-mouthing this record. So for me, I, I was able to consume them saying, oh, The Elder's not very good. Guys like you and guys like my really good friend who I know you know as well too, Mark Cicchini, Love him. He experienced this as it happened. So even though he was a Kiss fan, he got to he got to love The Elder when it came out. And he kind of took that with him. He watched the band, badmouth the record, as it happened in real time, but he had already seen it and liked the record. By the time I, I heard The Elder, it was probably 1998, 1999, and there had been almost 20 years of them going, oh, this, this is not very good. Don't listen to it. Nobody bought it. So when I listened to it, I was like, oh, I was still drinking the Gene and Paul Kool-Aid and at the time, and I was like, ah, I just, I, I can't, I can't do it. It wasn't until the box set came out in 2001 that I think I actually sat down and listened to it from beginning to end. And it was a hard listen. And at that time, it was a hard listen because it wasn't even the correct track listing or I didn't have the remaster at first. What? I didn't get the remaster until later. So once I got the remaster, I'm like, okay, this is, a, this is a little bit better, but man, it's the album that gets the least amount of spins in my Kiss collection. And it's a hard listen, a hard listen. I got to be in the mood for that. So you got to you got to rub my back and buy me dinner for me to be <laughs> in the mood for the elder. You got to do that.
0: That's cool, man. I mean, I I um, <clears throat> I'm the type of person that you know I respect anybody's musical opinions, even yeah. if they're different than mine. It's just a shame everybody else ain't like that. You know, I it's agree. too I many agree. people like, oh, you don't like this, nah, I don't like you. It. It's like, man, that's some insecure shit. If you're gonna get upset over. Somebody that doesn't like something you like—it's—it's it's too weird. For me, the hard listen would be Crazy Nights.
1: Crazy um, Nights is a tough listen as well too. It's—it's it's definitely Bon Jovi Kiss. Yeah. And uh, I was never, funny enough, I was never a big fan of that type of slick sounding '80s hair metal. I was never a big fan of that. Right. Because it yeah. sounds so dated.
0: It really does. Now I I I'm a I'm a hardcore collector of Kiss. Of any band that I love, and I bought when they re-released all the 180 gram. I bought them all, even Crazy Nights. But to this day, think I've had Crazy Nights on 180 gram for about five years now. Whenever it came out, to this day, it's still sealed. (laughs) (laughs) But I need it. I need it for my collection.
1: Me too. I I always tell people that I was part of that lost generation of Kiss fans. You know, you had the the fanatical fans that were kids and teenagers in the seventies. And either they grew up with the band or they left the band. But, you know, I was born in 1985. There You really weren't getting young fans in the late 80s and early 90s. You just weren't. You had people that had been fans for, for years. And then you maybe had older people getting into the band who already kind of liked music. Like Judas Priest and, and, and Led Zeppelin and all that. So when I was young and 10 and 11 years old growing up in the 90s, nobody I knew liked Kiss. Not a single soul
0: well, you know before the reunion i mean people praise revenge this revenge that but that was a siff. Yeah. the tour did bad and yeah. you know it was uh basically because you know there was just no demand for kiss anymore i think what happened was all the damage from and i don't get me wrong i one album i really love is asylum
1: yeah but it's the last new york city kiss record my opinion
0: uh what the last one recorded in new york city
1: yeah it still sounds like a new york city band asylum once you get to crazy nights and hot in the shade and all that stuff it doesn't sound like that new york band
0: yeah and asylum was like man judge it with your ears because if you're gonna judge it with your eyes you're not gonna like it yeah um but you know a combination of crazy nights then uh smashes thrashes with uh was it you put the x in sex and you make me rock hard then hot in the shade Man, by that time, people were like, okay, enough. So when Revenge came out, they were like, I don't care. You know, the, the damage was done. The same thing, it's almost like the same timeline, if you really think about it. it you tell me, are, are, are they exactly 10 years apart, um, Creatures of the Night and Revenge? Uh,
1: I, yes, because Creatures was 82, and then Revenge was 92, so they were exactly 10 years apart.
0: And they were exactly suffering the same thing. They put yeah. out hard rocking albums that nobody cared no more because of the damage of Unmasked and the Elder, and to yeah. you know a bigger extent, uh, Dynasty, which I'm a huge fan of.
1: You know, I, I, um, I'm I'm a huge fan of that as well. So for me, you'll never see me on the message boards going ah, fuck Peter and fuck Tommy and, but you'll never see that, right? Because for me, it's it's all fun, and when it's not fun, you know maybe I'll go talk about food or boobs or, or whatever that's just what it that's what it was about for me and and that's kind of that kind of works back into these fan films that i done it's about paying tribute to something that i have a lot of fond memories with
0: uh, and I hear it's
1: you. and it's all good for me it it really really is and when it's not good you know maybe i don't talk about it or maybe i it's whatever my fandom for kiss has never wavered i've never said ah oh, well You know, fuck Gene or all this. I've never done that before.
0: Right. Well, you, you, well, I got to say, I, I am guilty of the whole, I'm not a fan of Eric and Tommy and that makeup, but I've also gone on, gone on record saying I love Monster. I'm not a big fan of Sonic Boom. I'm not, I don't like Sonic Boom much. When I listen to Monster, I don't hear makeup. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but you know, I'm not a fan of it, but at the same time, you know, it's Gene and Paul. It's you know, you can you can scream about Eric and Tommy all you want, but it would have never happened without Gene and Paul. But look, I, I've 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 said some things, uh, but there's also comes a time where once I say it, I'm done. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm not gonna repeat myself over and over because you know, there's a lo- I, I made a bunch of Vinnie Vincent videos. And I know <laughs> I, I know You're friends with my good friends at Decibel Geek because I I heard the episode you were on. Yeah. yeah. So what Vinnie Vincent did to uh, them got me so upset that I made a string of videos about Vinnie Vincent. But everything I said about Vinnie Vincent, that's it. There's nothing more to say. And to this day, I still get people going, talk about Vinnie. It's like, well, what am I going to say that I haven't already (laughs) said? You know, and Vinnie knows who I am, by the way, you know. He doesn't. He's not a big fan of mine. I love Vinnie Vincent and Kiss. I'm a big fan of Creatures and Lick It Up. I think he saved Kiss. I'm with Mark, you know, Cecchini. I, mm-hmm. I think he saved Kiss. I think what he did in Kiss was phenomenal. I think he's a phenomenal songwriter. I even think those Vinnie Vincent albums are good songs, but they're just so over the top with singing I don't like. It ruins it for me. But, you know, if you you strip away those layers, they're good songs. The guy can write some good songs, you know.
1: Yeah, but I I just think that the guy he succumbed to his own demons. I really do.
0: Yeah, he's a strange fella. Yeah. But but you know, uh, it good. It gets to the point where I'll say this and that about kiss, but then it's like, I'm not gonna say it again. You know, because it becomes redundant. It becomes boring, and you know, everybody listening now. Don't. I mean, you could ask me. Well, did you make a Vinny Vincent? you? You could ask me, but you're just going to waste your time because I'm not going to do it unless Vinny goes out there and like with a gun and mows down like a a mall or something. I ain't going to talk about Vinny because anything I say about Vinny, I've already said and I've already said things about Tommy. I said things about Eric, but, you know, I mean, I'm on the record, you know, I mean, hey, look, they're doing it for a paycheck, whatever, man. But, you know, I'm an ace guy. I'm a Peter guy. You know, I love that stuff. But. I love Monster, dude. You know, it's like I'm not your regular, you know, uh, scab kiss hater that would like because, you know, most people that, you know, don't like uh, what Kiss is doing now will never admit they like Monster ever. Believe me, I've gotten attacked relentlessly, you know, but for my love for Monster. But I can't lie. I think it's a kick ass album, you know,
1: I, Um, I, I love the songs on Monster and I love the production on sonic boom uh but it doesn't stop me from listening to those songs on monster I, I was on kiss cruise 2 which was the kiss cruise right after they released monster and they played a bunch of those songs like long way down and all for the love of rock and roll and i yeah. get to hear those songs and i go these songs are awesome this is 70s kiss i mean you listen to out of this world i mean it, those songs are awesome, awesome i agree songs.
0: i agree i think it's a solid album and if they never make another album again i know most people won't agree with me but Boy, what a great album to go out on! Yeah, you know? yeah. I, 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 you know, again, I'm not a fan of what they're doing, but what they're doing doesn't come out, come off that record. The record, I think, just kicks ass, man. Hell or Hallelujah, and uh, Wallace, Sound, Wallace Sound, Long Way Down, Freak, and Freak is awesome. Uh, and yeah, I, I just love that shit. And I make no apologies. Fuck it, you know. I'll stand exactly. by what I say. You know, I'm not a fan of what they're doing, but. I love the album, so screw them. So let me ask you. Yeah. In 1988 is when you got into Kiss, right? Yeah. So what was it? What, what, was it a record or was it the movie? What well, was it, it that got you into them?
1: It, it was the movie, and it was kind of this perfect storm. I had an older sister at the time who was a fan of the 70s, so there was kind of 70s stuff just kind of in storage boxes in certain places in my house. But I was a, always a huge comic book fan. Which, as long as I can remember, I love The Incredible Hulk, love Marvel Comics. So they had this Kiss comic where Kiss is fighting Doctor Doom. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that they were just other Marvel comic superheroes. I thought there was X-Men, Spider-Man, and Kiss. I had no idea. And then I had this movie, and I had it on Betamax. That lets you know how old it. And I think, and I'm kicking myself for getting rid of this, but I think it was an original airing of the 1978 movie. Um, it may have been. It may have been a later 80s airing, but I had this movie on Betamax. I remember watching the movie. I had no idea what music was at the time. I was just going, look, he's shooting fire. And look, at, I, I had no idea. As I got a little bit older in, you know, 89, 1990, 1991, I was, I was like, oh, I love Shout It Out Loud. I love rock and roll all night. I would love those songs because I'd heard it in the movie countless times watching the movie. And I remember uh, walking into Kmart back in probably 1989. They had Kiss Meets the Phantom on VHS from Good Times Video. And I wanted it because of the cover. So my mother bought it for me. Still have it to this day. I will never get rid of that. Because yeah, it's, yeah. it's yeah. early parts of my fandom. But because of those two things, because of seeing them in the comic and then seeing that movie, I, I thought I was like, well, I almost knew instinctively that Spider-Man wasn't real. But Kiss was real. Gene Simmons actually spit fire, and they descended from the speaker cabinet. So for me, once I was kind of old enough to articulate basic sentences and just basic likes or dislikes. I was like, well, what could be better? This actually happened. Fantastic four fighting the mole man. That didn't happen, but man, kiss actually happened. So that's where it started for me.
0: Right. You know, um, so how old were you, uh, in 88?
1: Uh, I would have been three years old. I was born in 85, the same year as asylum. So I was three years old when, uh, when this kiss virus infected me. And I liked them even before I knew what music was.
0: Nice. Yeah, you see, I was 13 uh, when they aired it. And I was at my friend's house. You know, at the time, I mean, I was at the peak of my Kiss fandom. And we watched it. And when my dad picked me up to take me home, I was driving home. My dad thinking to myself, man, that wasn't good. (laughs) That was not... I, I expected better than that. And then... Fast forward to 1985, I believe, the year you were born. They gave it on CBS late night, whatever, uh, movie late night, Friday night or something like that. And I remember that night I had to go to a wedding. So I set up my VCR timer. You know, I said, fuck it. You know, I'm a Kiss fan. I want them. I haven't seen it since I was 13. I wanted to see again. And when I got home, I watched it. And my God, that movie is so (laughs) horrible. It rules. (laughs) <laughs> that's true now i love it but i love it for all the wrong reasons but yeah i can't get enough of that movie yeah. that movie just cracks me up it's you know i i, I wasn't I, I don't know i i got a sense of humor later you know and i know how they feel i mean i don't know if you're you're probably aware of this because you're a big kiss fan like me but you know after that movie for many many years you weren't allowed to ask gene or paul about that movie
1: yeah yeah because it was <laughs> so it was so bad and and i listen to many interviews where they say they watched it and you know paul couldn't sink any lower into his seat and yeah not even peter's voice and it's just you i watched the ending of that movie i go what happened to abner devereau like how did that how did that happen like what
0: yeah what what is that about i'm still i'm still perplexed by it but the movie is so bizarre it does make sense even though it doesn't make sense you know I mean, it's
1: really it's hanna-barbera kiss because hanna-barbera produced it and there's the same people that produce like the Jetsons and the Flintstones and all those cartoon shows, and it's Hanna-Barbera Kiss. And yeah. uh, what's, what's even worse, and I don't even know how you can make it worse as far as movies go, uh, Attack of the Phantoms was even worse. They re-edited it, and I go, it makes even less sense now that a they re-edited A lot of people,
0: it. yeah, you know, a lot of people prefer, I've seen this online, prefer that because it has Kiss songs.
1: That's true. It has soul album songs in it. It really does.
0: Give me that funky 70s music any day. <laughs> I think yeah. it fits the movie, the cheesiness of the movie, that crazy. And also, yeah, because correct me if I'm wrong, because I do own Attack of the Phantom. I have like, I don't know, seven different versions of Italy and, you know, all these different, you know, uh, regional places around the planet. But when they released it on Kissology, mm-hmm. it's obviously the European version. Correct. But did the European version cut out like Beethoven's Fifth and all that shit too?
1: Well, yeah. I think what they had done is at the time they were airing that in cinemas. And even it aired in cinemas in Canada. It never yeah. did here in the United States. But I believe the early licensing agreement made it so they couldn't use any of those, any of those songs. Those songs, they weren't either available to be licensed or nobody probably wanted to spend the money to license them.
0: Well, I, what what I meant by Beethoven's Fifth is the line, Ace Frehley oh, says. Not, oh, you're not right. the actual, you're not right. the actual music. You're
1: right. You're right. You're I right. think you know who knows. Who knows? I thought there were a lot of things that they edited out, and I was like, well, why do they take out that line? It makes less sense. I now. got
0: upset when I saw <laughs> that on Kissology. I was like, whoa! They took taking They take, They took out. I don't even know if they have that. She wants a rocket ride part. You know, it's like, I I, I don't know. I gotta I gotta revisit because my. My attack of the fans you know i mean i watched it and i just like i couldn't get into it i was like no nah, man I, i'd rather hear the funky 70s music
1: you know? i mean it looks really good they got they did a really really good cleaned up version on kissology yeah uh, but aside from it looking very good i was more confused after watching that movie than it was before i did i mean don't get me wrong i wanted to watch it because i had heard about this for years oh yeah paul his star he it shoots the little communicator thing off sam's neck and i was like oh cool and it's edited a little differently, and I was like, oh, I heard about it for years. And then I saw it, and I was like, "Ah, oh, you know what? Probably could have gone without seeing this.
0: And it know. makes a little more sense at the end. Deborah just walks away.
1: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense, <laughs> but everything else is like, why is this happening? <laughs> but, but it's funny you mention that, because you had these great bands like Led Zeppelin, The Beatles, and Alice Cooper, and all these bands. They had all these cool theatrical-style movies in the 60s and 70s in the and uh, through the 80s. Kiss had this, yeah. <laughs> so when I made the my first movie, The Greatest Show on Earth, which you can see on Vimeo, um, the very first of The Greatest Show on Earth, I wanted to make Kiss's version of the song remains the same. That's why I, I used Kiss Alive too. That's why I use all that '77 concert footage because I wanted, I wanted there to, I what I'm doing with these movies, I'm filling in gaps in history. If they didn't right. do something. I'm like, well, I'm going to make it and pretend like it came out then because you have all you have this great visual band. And as far as visual media goes, man, they don't have much. They really don't.
0: You you did tell me the new project you're working on. Would you like to talk about that?
1: Yeah, I I do. So going back to what I said before about saying how I'm filling in gaps of history that things aren't happening I uh, I'm actually I'm concurrently working on two different projects, but I'll talk about the one that's actually going to come out first. And I actually have a release date for it and everything like that. Kiss had this giant reunion tour in 96, 97. Why did they not put out a concert of the reunion tour? I mean, True. yes, we got the second coming, which was in 98. But why didn't we get a Why didn't we get a concert in the beginning part of 97? So that way, when they came back for the Lost Cities tour, you can go see them or you can get this VHS tape. So what I'm doing now is I'm taking 15 songs and I'm making this really cool live package called Alive 96. And I'm treating this like it was Kiss Alive or Kiss Alive 2. Alive 96 is the next one to come out. And it's going to bridge that gap between the live stuff that you wanted to see and what you actually got on the second coming. So uh, it's the VHS tape, even though it'll be on YouTube. It's the VHS tape that we never got as Kiss fans.
0: That's awesome, man. So yeah, I look forward to that. So and and you and I do share my favorite Kiss studio album it is Rock and Roll Over, hands roll down. Over? Yeah, it, hands it, it, down. Hands down. And I, but you know, here's the weird thing about me: when it comes to '70s Kiss, excluding the solo albums, man, I can only I can only tell you maybe two or three songs I don't like. I agree I mean, with you. They were so; those albums are so solid. You know, I love them all. I love I love from the first album to Dynasty. I think all those albums are just hard rock perfection. You know, Thank forget. You. And, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. You know, a lot of people say, ah, Kiss, you know, they, they wear the makeup and the pyro and all that. Look, man, if Kiss wore makeup and the pyro and all that, and they didn't have the songs, I wouldn't like them. They had the songs, man. Yeah, Making Love and I Want You. which Take got,
1: Me, Black Take Diamond, me, yeah. Detroit Rock City. The list goes on and on and on Black and on. Black
0: Diamond. You know, yeah, God, these, you
1: know, these are time. The reason why Kiss has stood the test of time is because those songs are timeless. Yep. They could have yes. been recorded in 1974, 1994, 2004. It doesn't matter. Those songs are, are timeless. When I listen to bands like – and listen, nothing against them. It just, it's just not what I like. When I hear bands like Poison or I hear Warrant, I hear bands that were that of the time are of the time, and they're permanently stuck in that time. If Warrant came out now, they would be laughed. They'd be laughed at. Same thing with Poison. So these bands that are timeless—the Beatles are timeless, Iron Maiden, Led Zeppelin—you could these bands—they still sound as fresh today. As they did back then, and I think that's why they've stood the test of time. The the Kiss albums that aren't our favorites, Crazy Nights, it sounds like an album that was recorded in 1987. That's because we're not living, yeah, we're not living in that era anymore, and it's very difficult to kind of go back and remember where you were in 1987 to listen to that. But I mean, I'll tell you, you could listen to Making Love in 1977, and when I saw them play it at the Garden in 1998. I was like, oh, this song rules. You know, yeah, uh, It's timeless. It, it is timeless. And, and that's why I think Kiss has stood the test of time.
0: It was. It, I mean, look, the Miami show, I give it a perfect 10. <laughs> but but those, those New York shows, there was something a little extra about it because I'm not even talking about the show, dude. I, I'm talking about before going to the show, going to the village and all these places in New York. It was Kiss fever at the time. At yeah. that time, all four members were on separate covers of Spin magazine. Yep. Uh, I'd see, uh, you know, like people like with Kiss displays in their store. There wasn't even music stores; it was Kiss mania, and it was a certain vibe. And I'll never forget all three shows that I went to, and I'm sure the fourth one was the same. Walking out of Madison Square Garden, people were still cheering. You know, everybody was screaming and on the way out and it's like man this is like one of the most it was more than just a show it was an event it was there was a magic in the air then when i went to miami it wasn't the same it show wise it was the same they were Mm -hmm. still amazing it was still a cool show but it was something about the energy of new york city of that time everybody was kiss crazy everyone
1: was, was kiss crazy at the time and it was it was like that to a little bit of a lesser degree in 1998 when they came back. I mean, we know that Psycho Circus didn't do as well as we, the fans of the band, wanted it to. But there still, there's always been an electricity seeing Kiss in New York City. There's always yeah. been. Because they're a New York band. They walk those streets and now they're playing The Garden. That's why when I was thinking about where am I going to you know, set this concert footage from one last time, where am I going to do it? It just made sense. It has to be New York City. Kiss has to have a movie that is set, quote unquote, in New York City, you know, because they couldn't have come from anywhere else. And this isn't this isn't a slam to any other area in the country or any other country. For that matter, I don't believe that Kiss, a band like Kiss could have come from Duluth, Minnesota or (laughs) Miami, Florida or Cleveland, Ohio. That was a band that came out of New York City. And every time they went back, it was just a just a little bit more special than any other place. So if you've never seen Kiss at the Garden, you you no one can really understand. My my very first bootleg video was Kiss at the Garden, February 18th, 1977. So nice. that show was special to me because that was the first time I ever saw Kiss. You know, right. from the 70s. There wasn't any YouTube in 1998, 1999. I had to go to a KISS convention in Hackensack, New Jersey, which again, incredibly mind-blowing KISS conventions if you never saw one there.
0: Yeah, there, there. I went to one, I'm trying to think what year, it was after the reunion, Union was already together, mm-hmm. maybe 97 or so in Orlando, mm-hmm. where Karabi and Kulik was there, and uh, it's exactly what you're describing. It wasn't as big, uh, it was in a gymnasium, a big word there, but it was... Um, <laughs> It was it was nicely, you know. It was and it, yeah, uh, tables like crazy. I bought so much Kiss stuff, but in the okay. in the eighties and early nineties, I was uh, a tape trader. I used mm-hmm. to tape, you know, trade with people. And man, I, my first Kiss show was um, uh, Dallas on the Love Gun tour, or not Dallas. Where, Houston. Houston, Houston. Yeah, Houston. That that was my first one. But, man, to this day, my favorite is Winterland. Yeah. That And and it's funny because the copy I got of Winterland looks better than the version on Kissology.
1: Yeah, what did they do? What did they do, man? <laughs> what
0: happened? You I know, was I shocked. Didn't... I was like, wow. Oh God. Let's I look was... at this version. I was like, wait a second. <laughs>
1: I was so excited to get Kissology back in 2007. And then I got it. And then I watched it. And I go, well, this isn't any better than what I have. Yeah. And I was so disappointed. And if you even if you watch Kiss Exposed, the stuff on Kiss Exposed looks better yeah. than the stuff on Kissology. What happened? I don't know. What happened?
0: I it's think the oddest thing. I,
1: I think what they did is I think they number one didn't want to pay for master tapes. But number two, they wanted to retain the rights to those specific shows. And who could blame them really? Bootlegging was huge at the time, so they just wanted to take ownership back of those shows and more power to them. I think Kiss lost a lot of money by not selling those shows 20 years earlier because I, I was a tape trader as well, too. I must have bought so many tapes. I remember when I graduated eighth grade, big graduation party. You know, I come from an Italian family. Big graduation party. Everyone's giving me envelopes full of money. And everyone's like, are you going to save it for college? I was like, no, I'm going to buy Kiss tapes. <laughs> and that's what I did.
0: Now I think about it, uh, first show i ever got was houston but the first show i ever saw was uh ah hbo would air it like in
1: 79
0: 1980 over and over and i would watch it constantly and that's another one maybe that's like my second favorite because the nostalgia shit but i really thought they were really on on that show too and visually it was awesome and the quality is amazing
1: I think what? they sounded the best on that rock and roll over tour. You listen to the Budokan show, and then you listen to that Cobalt Hall show that came out a couple of years ago, but oh, probably ten years ago now. Where uh, Cobalt Hall, nineteen seventy-seven, you just you just the band sounded great on that tour. Yeah. Uh, say what you want about the Love Gun tour, say what you want about the Dynasty tour, but the band sounded awesome in 77, 76 on that rock and roll over tour. That might be my favorite seventies tour. It really might be. I know you don't get the songs like, you know, I Stole Your Love and Love Gun and Shock Me. But, um, man, those are just cool shows. Cool, cool, cool shows. Gene is the demon and Peter's still playing great. And, and Ace's Solos are just, they're killer. They're killer. That band was awesome. You couldn't touch them back then. You could not touch them.
0: No, they were, the, you know, and I always wanted to see them, man. I didn't get to see them back in the 70s, but, you know. I did get to see Creatures, and Creatures is very special. And that was one hell of a show. Yeah. Um, and I was pissed on the way there, because I thought Ace was going to be there. <laughs> you know? And we heard it on the radio. Ace got in a car accident, and they got some other guy there. I was like, what? I was so pissed, because I was so... You know, I thought Ace played on the album. You know, even back then, I was clueless. I was like, yeah, Ace is really matured, man. He doesn't sound <laughs> like old Ace, you know? Look out, Look at these solos now, you know? It's like, now, you know, in retrospect, looking back, it's like, damn, you know? But Creatures was a hell of a show, too. That was probably the most energetic uh, them on stage I ever saw, because they were so fucking hungry. They were and hungry
1: we, again. They were yeah, hungry again.
0: Extremely hungry. They were extremely awesome. I and mean, it's hard to put into words, but that was like, you know, that and Square Garden are neck and neck. You know, Square Garden was more the, the the magic vibe of the city where this was just a band that needed to prove themselves again badly mm-hmm. and you know Wendy O williams the plasmatics open that was kind of mind ch- uh life-changing for me too because i i knew about them but then i saw them play and i was like holy crap they're awesome and that's one of my favorite albums i ran out and bought Coupe de todd afterwards but um yeah andrew man this has been great dude um Nice. I definitely I definitely want you back when you have that um the the ninety six show uh ready to, uh, when when it's put up I want you on that week uh so I can plug it on wednesday the first Wednesday of the week when it's up okay so everybody out there but uh everybody uh look at the links below subscribe to the channel maybe you won't have to wait for that interview it'll you'll get a notification when he puts it up. <laughs> and uh I'll definitely want that. But and then, you know, next time we'll talk more Kiss too.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's always good to to talk KISS. Like I said, this is still this is fun for me. And uh it's great to meet someone like minded like you who is a KISS fan, but can kind of objectively talk about KISS and and, and other music. You know, I'm yeah. sure if we lived closer together we would spend many nights, you know, just having a couple of drinks, talking about just music and about things we enjoy and because we don't like all the same things, that doesn't matter. There's probably no. still a lot of things, you know, that that uh, that that we like. And um, you know, I'm 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 jazzed. I'm jazzed that you that you asked me to be on this. I'm a huge fan of your show. I'm a Thanks. i am was a huge fan of your Larger Than Life documentary that you Thank had put you, out. Man. I thought that was really cool. You know, uh, it, it was something cool just to watch and just to get this history uh, of Kiss because no one really had done it. Oddly enough was it was mine
0: before yours
1: yeah it it was almost a year before mine i think wow i do want to but before i I do want to tell one quick funny story because uh i don't know if you meant this to happen but i still laugh about it to this day i remember one night i'm on facebook and i'm scrolling through and you posted a picture of i think it was an old cream magazine
0: oh i remember this and you're
1: like this is when music was real and i'm like hey bud that's I made that, and you're like, yeah. what are you talking about? This is Cream Magazine. I go, no, no, no. I go, look at it. It's an advertisement yeah. for the greatest show on earth.
0: Yeah, because it, it was like on the lo- lower right corner, right? It said. Uh,
1: I redid all of the text on the left hand side. So when you read through the text, like some of it says what was in that Cream issue, but then the rest of the text is about the, the movie, The Greatest Show on Earth. Uh, and I thought it was cool because when I made that, I got, I'm not going to fool anybody. And then I saw that you posted it. I was like, that's great. I'm yeah. That's, you fooled that's... me. And I
0: had that magazine as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. So I thought that was, I thought it was, I read all the text and I made it look like that same, that same cover. But Hey, listen, this, this was so much fun. This was the highlight of my yeah, day. And, uh, and I'm really glad that we were able to sit and not only talk kiss, but kind of talk a little, little music. And, uh, and again, I'll send you some links. Check out on, on Vimeo, check out The Greatest Show on Earth. And then right on YouTube, you can check out Kiss at Midnight and you can check out One Last Time. And then just come back December 11th to check out Alive 96. And uh, hopefully you enjoy that too.
0: Yeah. And come back. Let me look at my calendar here. Come back here on December 16th where Andrew will be plugging. Uh, his new thing, and I'm gonna put a link on it below. So, everybody, look below. I'm gonna have the link to the the VMO and uh, the, the YouTubes. Uh, definitely check him out. And I know a lot of people listening are saying, I already saw him, motherfucker, and it rules. <laughs> but I, you know, I'm just saying, uh, the, the few people out there that haven't seen it, you need to see this, especially you kiss hearts. You know, because this, I mean, you kiss hearts, uh, trust me, you're gonna get tissues, Vaseline. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have a good time playing with yourself with the with the with the great shit this guy made. You know,
1: <laughs> you're, you're too kind. Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> it's it, it's cool to share this with someone uh, that 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 appreciates it, and uh, it's cool I, unless um, until they come and stop me. I'm gonna keep making more.
0: Exactly, man. It's all about the passion, man.
1: It is so and gymnasiums.
0: <laughs> yeah, and uh, I can't wait to see uh, uh, the reunion thing you got going on, man. <laughs>
1: Well, I'll send you a little teaser trailer. I'm not releasing it just yet, but uh, I'll send you the teaser trailer. It's a, it'll, uh, it'll, it'll let you know how many Kleenex you need to put aside <laughs> on December 11th.
0: Right on, Andrew. Thank you so much, man.
1: Thank you for it'll having me. I part, really appreciate uh, it, and uh, this rocks.
0: Yes, and we'll rock again come December, man. I look yeah. forward to what you got going on. Thank you, Andrew. So next week on the Vieira Vault, Andrew will be back. We're recording. Well, this is airing on Sunday. So a couple of days ago we recorded uh, what his new project is with Incognito uh, Films. It is uh live 19, uh 1996. So tune in next week and I'll have a link below for... He's going to be airing it next week. I know it's going to be awesome. I have the links below for... The KISS ones that he's done already. So check them out. All right. Let's go into the vault. All right. We're inside the vault. And I'm going to play you some KISS. Featuring me. Yes. I did a few KISS covers. And maybe I'll add another cover on the next episode. Here's me. Featuring Alex Marquez on drums. Uh, Dennis the D-Man on guitar and rich on bass and me on vocals doing the song that came off the studio side of side four of kiss alive Two. this is me doing larger than life let me pat myself on the back harder man. I rule anyway. Thanks for listening again. And I'll be back next week with Andrew to talk about the new project that, Oh, I'm foaming at the mouth, ready to hear it. And I want to thank everybody out there, especially you that are listening right now. All of you that share my show Uh, every week. I see a lot of you people sharing the podcast and, it keeps growing, man. This Viera Vault is kicking ass, and I can't be happier, especially because you people that are listening right now. Thank you all. I don't take none of you for granted. And, hey, you know how I end the show. schmack a gob